0: I'm not good enough, or I'm not this enough, but I would never say that to my significant other. So dating yourself has nothing to do with if you're in a relationship or not. It's the standard that you set in your life of how you should treat yourself. And it's learning to be, instead of your worst critic, becoming your biggest advocate.
1: Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey, hey, welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Kim Peek, and I'm the author of Holistic Endurance Training, The Integrated Approach to Thriving as an Athlete. I help people live empowered and fulfilled lives through movement, mindset, and journaling strategies. I mentioned in the previous episode that I spent the last weekend in August at the Idea World Fitness Convention that went virtual this year. And I love this event because it helps me connect with the brightest thinkers in the fitness industry, which means that I can bring all kinds of new and exciting ideas that are based in science to you to help you become more fit and improve your wellness journey. This year, the workshops really reflected what is going on in our world. We learned about inclusivity and making our world, our gyms, and our communities places that people felt comfortable wanted and included. There were a bunch of sessions that touched on motivation, teaching us how to keep our clients moving throughout all of this uncertainty. Now, we talk about this a lot on the show, so if you're a regular listener, I know that you're already familiar with this, but consuming nutrient-dense whole foods and getting outside to move and get your heart rate elevated, if even for a few minutes daily, will go a long way toward helping you feel better. And wellness experts realize that it might be hard for everybody to stay motivated right now, right? This COVID situation is wearing on everyone, especially now as parents try to figure out and teachers try to figure out what's going on with back to school. So if you're struggling, we have a lot of things that are working against us right now. So if you're struggling, I encourage you to pick just one thing to work on this week, Maybe that's drinking a glass of water first thing when you wake up to hydrate your brain. Did you know that your brain is made up of about 73% water? So it makes sense to feed your brain water, right? That would be a great thing that you could start that would enhance, elevate, make your day so much better right from the start. Maybe you could just get up five minutes earlier so that you could journal or stretch before the kids wake up. And these new school schedules and having little kids trying to learn in your home starts running your day. Get up, do something for yourself before the day runs you. I think you'll be inspired by today's guest who shares the tips she used to make big changes in her own life. And I know you'll walk away with some action steps that you can use to find more peace in your own life today. So here's the scoop on today's guest. In her mid-30s, Jen Sugarmeyer looked in the mirror and didn't recognize the person staring back at her. Although she appeared to be a successful businesswoman, Jen was living a dark double life that no one could see, and she was at her breaking point in life. In and out of jails, hospitals, battling addictions, Jen failed for 10 years trying to get a handle on her life, and it was when she heard seven words that changed the course of her life that she was able to endure an incredible transformation. She discovered that loving herself was the key to remove her destructive behaviors. She is a two-time number one Amazon bestselling author and wrote the book Reset to help others claim the life they deserve and learn how to love themselves using her trademark methodology, which you'll learn about on today's episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jen Sugarmeyer. Welcome to the show, Jen. I am so excited to have you here today. Great. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm going to jump right in because I think that you have a fascinating story here to tell us. In your bio, you said that although you appeared to be a successful businesswoman, there was a time in your life when you were living a dark double life that no one could see, and you were at your breaking point at life, and you were slowly dying inside. Can you tell us what was going on at that time in your life?
0: yeah every time I went on a plane because I traveled a lot for work, I always wish that the plane was going down because that would be a softer, easier way um, and And you know when I tell people this now and they look at me, I think sometimes it's hard for people to connect the dots because I had such a persona that everything. You know, I was a senior director of IT. I was traveling the globe. I had a house. I had a truck. I had all of these things. It appeared that things were really well put together. But when you look behind closed doors and what was really happening within my soul and my mind, um, you know, I was a, an alcoholic. I had become completely disconnected with who I was as a person. And I looked in the mirror and I I didn't know who was staring back at me. So although I I did. I, I looked to have this, this great life and, you know, I was active. I still went to the gym. It looked much like probably everyone else. And yet there were really two things that were were going on with my life. And, and it brought a lot of deep, dark thoughts into my mind, uh, you know, on a daily basis.
1: I think that that is a really important piece of your story that you looked like you had it all together you looked like you had the dream life and you're just like everybody else who is having struggles and you know maybe have this part of your life that nobody's aware of
0: yeah and and that's why you know now that i've come out and started to say things because believe me and and it was sort of like <clears throat> this wall coming down because i didn't come out and One day I appeared to have no issues and then I just publicized everything. I mean, it's really been, um, it's been a journey for, for me to get to where I am today. But I believe that there are so many of us that have things that we're dealing with that we feel shouldn't be discussed or saying the word mental health, you know, or saying I just need a day to recuperate or I just need some time for me. And either we feel guilty about it or we feel that we'll be judged or there's some stigma or um, you know, so a level of guilt, maybe you know we're mothers or you know wives or or husband or whatever it may be is that you have so many dependencies on you that can I take this time for me? And if I say that I need help, you know well, how is society going to react or my family? And so I've really that is why i've I've come out and and I'm as vocal as I am today because I do believe that there are so many of us that are dealing with just life. And, and I think, you know, and what I've really realized is that the core of that is I needed to take care of myself. And and that's really where my journey began is when I, when I discovered that.
1: Yeah. I have a friend who does what she calls the two word check-in with her spouse. And then also with her coworkers, just like, you know, it might be really hectic and then they'll take a break and go, okay, time for a two word check-in just so that you can be aware of we're all dealing with different things at different times. And some people have big issues and some people have, you know, tiny things, but they can still weigh heavily on us. So I think that's a pretty neat concept just of checking in and making sure the people in your close circle or that you're working with closely that they understand what's going on with you. I think that that's a really great way to get support and to also just be aware of, you know, we're not just all on autopilot, working, and working, working, working all the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, life is, I mean, and it just seems to get faster and faster and we have more things that we deal with, right? Between social media. I mean, how many times is there phone dinging and, you know, from different things that are popping up in the news and there's so many things that can happen. And so sometimes we just need that reminder just to take a step back and say, I'm a part of this. I'm a part of my day. I'm a human. I need, you know, a hug. I just need to take a minute for myself and, and, and realizing that and staying connected with us because it's a busy world and, and we can forget about that so easily.
1: Yeah. So you also said that because of the kindness of a stranger in some words that they said to you, that is what helped you begin to kind of pull yourself out of this. What were the words? What did yes. they say?
0: I love this. So I, I struggled. Uh, I'm, I'm an addict. So I'll back up. My story really began when I was 12. And I mentioned this uh, because I, I suffered from an eating disorder for about five years. And what I didn't realize was that I, I was um, learning to build my life around having this double life. And as I looked at myself in the mid thirties and, you know, I'm looking at this woman in the mirror, I'm thinking, how did this happen? You know, you are this alcoholic, I, you know, I, I look at my, my life that I live and the people that I surrounded myself with and, and my family and nothing, it wasn't that there was a lineage. I didn't know how I got there, but when I started to reflect it was these patterns. So for over, I mentioned that because for over two decades, I really struggled with some level of addiction, whether that be an eating disorder or smoking cigarettes or alcoholism. And and I tried for a decade to get sober. And I think this is very important because it, this is, I tried, and, and we all have different things that will work for us, But I tried, I kept going after what I thought was the problem. I thought my drinking was the problem. Now, yes, my drinking was absolutely a problem. And there were things that it it, happened. I've never um, been sober when I got in trouble. (laughs) Or or, excuse me, I've never not been. Every time I got in trouble, I had always been drinking. Now, so for those 10 years, I always tried to go after the problem. And I was dating some gentleman, this gentleman, and, and it was one I thought, I'm ready to get into a relationship. And when I get into a relationship with him, he's going to fix me, right? Because I am going to find this happiness and I am then going to get sober. And it did not happen this way. And I did that so many times with all these different things. If I just get a better job, if I get this, if I get that, and that's going to solve this problem. And after four months, he looked at me and, and we had the talk. And I was ready for him to say something really, you know, tough for me to take in. Something, um, you know, I, I, some people had talked about my drinking and, and how poor it was. And I was, so I, I was on the defense. And he looked at me and these were the seven words that changed my entire life. So I set that all up so that you know that for 10 years, every day I woke up and I said, today I'm not drinking. And can you imagine in your mind failing for 10 years? And it took these seven words to change everything. And he said, Jen, you need to learn to love yourself. Mm. And I froze. I honestly, I mean, it's, I just got goosebumps again. I mean, I honestly froze because I was ready. I, I had my wall up, you know, yeah, come at me. I'm ready for you. You know, I was combative. He just told me I needed to love myself. I needed to learn to love myself. And that's my sobriety date. And now years later, here I am. And, um, and he couldn't have been closer to the truth and more accurate. And that's what I found as I went on my journey, um, was at the core of everything was that I really needed to learn to love myself.
1: Are you still friends with him? (laughs)
0: I am. I am. I mean, we're, uh, we only dated for about another two weeks after that. Um, if that and, but he ha- always hold, will hold a special place in my heart because I, I believe he was brought into my life to deliver that message.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. So then you are a two times bestselling author now. Mm-hmm. So you clearly turn things around. What, tell us a little bit about your books Okay. So my my first book, Reset,
0: um, I had I didn't start out, it it took me some time. I when I got sober, I didn't think, let me write about reset. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just trying all these different things in my life to, you know, I started working on my anger. Um, and again, I think a lot of people on the outside, when I tell them I hadn't, you know, a lot of anger I had to deal with, they say, Jen, really? You? Yeah. I had anger inside. Man, every time I was driving in that Dallas traffic, I was yelling things at people I would never say to their face. So those were things that even though, yeah, it might be between me and my car or my truck, that still is toxic in your soul. And there were things that I needed to deal with. So I started, I went through just a laundry list of things that I said, well, maybe I need to work on this. And okay, well, maybe not. Maybe this, maybe I need to clean out my closet. Maybe this, that. And at some point, after about seven or eight months, I realized that I was working a program, more or less. And, and that if this worked for me, who tried for 10 years and failed every day for 10 years to get sober, and this works for me to reset my life, now, I, I, I know that this will work for others. And it doesn't have to deal with alcohol or, you know, anybody in recovery. This is really anybody who just needs to reset their life. And that's where I was. My problem, I kept looking at the drinking as the problem. My drinking was a symptom. And what this gentleman told me was exactly what I needed to hear. I was the problem. And that's how my book started. So RESET is now, it stands for Recognize, Eliminate, Structure, Elevate, and Transform. And within those five steps, it's everything that I did to, to get a handle on my life and really reset and start over. Um, so that's, that's my first book. And that was, um, it's not only amazing to to go through the process, but, you know, I've relived it how many times <laughs> over and over having written it and, and gone through it how many times. So, um, so and I've actually trademarked that as well. And so in my one-on-one coaching, that's the exact program that we work through, um, you know, to to help others do a reset on their life. So.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Can you give us a little insight into just what each one of those steps, what that involves.
0: Absolutely. So recognizing is, is just that. It's recognizing that there's something in your life that doesn't fit. And I will, I will give you a, a little clue. If you have any kind of negativity or anxiety about things, then something probably isn't right. Because we should all be happy. We should all be living in a state of happiness. And if you just don't feel that then mm, there's something that just isn't right. And, and for so many years, I, I made excuses. Well, I needed this or that. Um, and I felt like a victim. Why does this stuff always happen to me? So in recognizing, it's really about taking ownership. It's, it's acknowledging that something's not right. It's it's taking ownership and no more excuses. So it's really laying that foundation work within the, the recognizing step. Eliminating is very powerful. It's eliminating what doesn't serve you. That's people, places, things, and ideologies. And I'm not talking about, eh, I kind of am neutral about something. Should I keep this or should I not keep this? I tell people, don't even worry about those those things. And then like some people, their job, they're like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. but It's really to focus on those things that, you know, are cluttering your life um, or that are truly toxic, not those things in the middle that you can deal with. Because what you what you may find is that there's gratitude that you can find um, within your job, for example. So looking at what doesn't serve you, what is holding you down, that's about eliminate structure is then finding what boundaries and, and structure you need to put in your life to keep you in that state of, of happiness and, and peace. And wherever that space is that you want to be, um, it's about putting those boundaries in place. So that's the structure so you've gone through, you've recognized, you've eliminated what doesn't serve you. You start to put structure in your life about how you stay where you want to be. And then elevate is about finding your purpose. It's living in gratitude. It's being present in the moment. So you've, you've gotten rid of a lot of the, the toxins. And how do you start to be really present in everything that's going on in your life and being grateful for those things that maybe you weren't a big fan of a few months ago, but that would take your time away from how you really... Um, you know, from, from doing your own reset. For example, I didn't like my job. I just, I was kind of man neutral, but if I was going to make a big change, that would have taken time away from me. So I said, okay, what turned, what, what I found was that I actually kind of liked my job and I was grateful for it. So elevate is about living in that state of gratitude. And finally, in transformation, it's all about how do you make this a lifestyle it's like when you go to the gym, you don't just go once and think you're going to get results. It's about making this a lifetime change so that you can continue to benefit from the structure that you put in your life and and living in that elevated state. Um, so at, at a high level, I probably went a little deeper on a few of those, but at a high level, the, that's those are the five steps.
1: I like that. And I like the whole step about boundaries. I don't think that that's one that, we talk about very much and i think that's an important piece and and
0: i um my second book is actually called defining your boundaries oh, so cool. that was yeah so and and that just released in uh june actually june of 2020 i when i wrote boundaries i realized that even though everything i wrote in reset was exactly what i went through but when i wrote that chapter i remember at the end i thought wow, I have, my life is enriched by everything that I've done, but I have only scratched the surface. And so somehow I've, I've written an entire book on boundaries. It is, um, it's on ebook, it's paperback. It's also on audible. Um, I never thought I could even find that much content to write about boundaries. I thought boundaries was maybe, I don't know, do you kiss on the first date? But there's so much. And what I, and the reason I wrote it is because I found that, especially because of COVID, we all looked at the news and we saw our our 401ks or we saw the stock market or we saw the job loss or we saw the death rate. And we all, I mean, it was very easy to, to get swept into to the fear and the panic. And if you put the right boundaries in your life, then you are able to stay in that state of happiness. And, and if I can, I'll, I'll just take a minute. And, and, and I use this throughout the book. I think of life like a bowling lane. And I talk about putting standards and boundaries in your life. And the standards are those pins at the end of the bowling lane. And, and that is your goal. So it could be a specific goal or it could be a goal of happiness. And those, the, the bumpers, you know, when you're a child and you have those bumpers on your bowling lane and they keep you from going in the gutter, those bumpers are your boundaries. So they keep you in your lane. As long as you know where you're going towards your goal, you can bounce around within your lane, but you do not go into the gutter and it keeps things out that don't come in. So that's what I think of boundaries. I think of them like the bumpers on a bowling, on a bowling lane and they they guide you to where you want to be. We're talking about emotional boundaries, physical, material, time, sexual, they're, t- they're every kind of boundaries. And once you really start to think about them, mental boundaries, you can stay in that state of happiness and peace. So that's really where the second book uh, came from. And when COVID started, that's when that book came about. So I do, I love boundaries.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, that's really cool. So how can somebody use either the the framework from boundaries or your reset methodology framework to stay positive during this time with COVID?
0: Well, you know, I, I look at, so I, I, we'll talk about uh, of the, the structure that's in defining your boundaries. Okay. So first I would say, look at, first of all, you have to acknowledge that it's a choice. Do you have the choice to um, stay in a state of peace or you can be anxious. You can choose to be optimistic, you can choose to be pessimistic. You once you realize that that you control that, that's power. So acknowledging that, hey, I, I actually don't have to be in in a state of uh, you know paranoia or fear, but that I actually can be positive. Now, how do we get there? Let control be your guide. What do you control? If something is out of your control, do not put energy there. So we don't control the stock market. We don't control the job loss. We don't control the death toll, finding a cure. All of these things are outside of our control. So yes, we can acknowledge them. You can hear about it on the news, but don't put your energy there. What can you do? Well, maybe you lost your job, so you maybe you're eligible for unemployment. Maybe you can reach out to your friends and say, does anybody know of a job or can anybody recommend me? Can somebody give me a, a review on LinkedIn? Maybe it's reconnecting with your family, taking this time to reconnect with, with yourself. What are what can you put your energy into that you can grow inter, internally with your family and always look for for the positive? Look for that silver lining. Sure, it seems dark and and we don't know when this is gonna end. But there are so many positive things that come out of, of challenges, and this is really where growth happens. And so we can look back at this. How many times have we been gifted time? I mean, I, personally, I don't know that we, we you know, I, I think this was, this was quite a lot of time. I don't know if we'll see this again in my lifetime, but we're never gifted time. How many times do we say, man, if I only had 27 hours in the day, I could do this much more? Okay, you've just been gifted. You've just been gifted time. What are you going to do with it? Don't put your energy into all of the fearful things that you see on the news, but spend this time doing some of those reconnecting with yourself, find that hobby, learn that language, reconnect with your family, you know, write a letter to your long lost aunt, whatever that may be. Get on a zoom call, start to talk to people. We've been gifted time. So it can be a positive thing.
1: Yep. Those are very actionable Things, if you want to take the time to dig into some concrete things that you can do, mm-hmm. you also talk about a concept of dating yourself. Yes. Why would we want to do that?
0: Yes. I love this. Um, so date yourself is treating you the way you would date you. So when I, and, and I, I talk about this in reset and I think it's an important, it shifts the way we think of how we would treat ourselves. I couldn't tell you how many times I've gone in the mirror and I'm like, oh wrinkles, oh fat, oh, I don't, but I would never look at my significant other and say, kind of ugly today,
1: right? Kind of,
0: kind of not looking all that. Yeah, I would never. But I, when I look at myself and I think, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough or I'm not this enough, but I would never say that to my significant other. So dating yourself has nothing to do with if you're in a relationship or not. It's the standard that you set in your life of how you should treat yourself. And it's learning to be, instead of your worst critic, becoming your biggest advocate. So when this gentleman told me, you need to learn to love yourself, I had to figure out how to reconnect with myself. So in my date yourself concept, I really had to start at the beginning. And I think of a brand new relationship with someone else. And what do you do? You get to know them. What do you like? What do you not like? What's your favorite food? I'm going to buy you a little, little gift and I'm going to put it under your pillow at night. What are those little things that you would do for someone else? If you think about that brand new relationship and doing that to your, with yourself, and it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't even have to cost any money. But just looking in the mirror and saying you're beautiful, or you're worth it, and connecting on that level. And instead of that that negative speak. And sometimes I I, I honestly thought you know this is me you know pushing myself, and I would push myself through negativity. If you tell yourself you're not good enough, then you're not going to be good enough. But if you tell yourself that you are. But I can tell you from my own life, I've been able to accomplish so much more when I became my best advocate. So dating yourself, pretend it's that first three months of a relationship. And whatever you would do with that person, do that with yourself. Reconnect and and keep that connection with yourself. and, And treat yourself the way you would treat another person. That's how, that's what you Deserve you are worth it, and 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 it it starts from within. So that that's what dating yourself is is all about.
1: Do you think that that would be a good first step for somebody who feels like they aren't enough or they aren't worthy? Is that a good first step for just starting to turn things around and starting to develop better self esteem?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And and I am I am huge on putting things, you know, putting little sticky notes. I had sticky notes on my, on my mirror that said, you're a good daughter. You're a good sister. You're, and these were things that maybe I didn't even believe, but I would tell myself that, you know, because when I was five years old, I didn't tell myself I couldn't. Somehow over the years, this negative speak started. I'm six foot one. I, and I've always been tall always, always, I was 14 years old and six feet tall. So I have always been above everybody. But when I was five, even though I was still tall, I didn't realize it until people started telling me you're too tall. Why do you wear heels? You're a jolly green giant. Then all of a sudden, what has now happened? Fast forward to me now, I have scoliosis because I spent so many years of my life trying to bend my spine so I wasn't as tall. Why did I do that? Because people told me that I wasn't And I believed it or I told myself. So we have to unlearn these behaviors. We have to go back to when we were these children and full of life and said, you know what? I'm going to be a singer and I'm going to be on stage. And I am. you could tell yourself you're going to be a dinosaur when you're a kid. And you're like, I'm going to be a dinosaur. And you tell your parents that. And they're like, that's great. Become that person again. So just tell you, it's just relearning it. So put that post-it. It's a great first step. Put that post-it on your mirror. Tell yourself that every day. And when you wake up and before you go to bed, make sure you're in that mirror and you look at yourself. It's important to look at yourself and say, you know what? I love you.
1: So do you go through this even when you don't believe it yet? Do you still go through these steps, even though you have that little voice in your head going, oh my gosh, you're such a liar. Why are you saying that? Like, do you keep saying those things until you believe it? Is that how it works? I do. Yes, yes. And and once you start, to, if you
0: tell your brain, "I'm not good enough," your brain is going to start to find the reasons why you're not. But when you when you flip that and you say, "Okay, I am good enough," you know, or "I am enough," it starts to find. This is how our brain works, and and so we start. You know what? I I actually that dinner I made was actually pretty good and, and, Oh yeah, I got good feedback from this. So it's what we're telling ourselves and our brains start to go on this quest to devalidate it. So if we continue to tell ourselves, no, or or these negative things, that's what it's going to go look for. So start flipping that script, whether you believe it or not, and let your brain start working for you and finding those reasons for for why you're worth it, why you're valuable, why you're pretty enough, why you are enough just as you are.
1: So do you, in addition to using the post-it notes or whatever kind of notes you leave yourself, do you recommend any other type of mechanism like journaling or do, do you have people do that?
0: Uh, journaling is is huge. I think once we put things down on paper, it becomes more real and we it becomes more, um, there's a level of accountability that's there because it's not just something that is out there. I've written a few books before I actually published my own and I did that at, at more as therapy. My best friend had committed suicide and there were some things in, in my life that had happened. And so I found that writing became very therapeutic for me. It also, um, there's a whole psychology behind how it how it becomes more, more real to us. And so I absolutely believe in, in people um, journaling and documenting. And sometimes, you know, it allows us to take a step back and look at things on paper and say, oh my gosh, did I really do I really think that about myself and we can take a take a little bit of a step back from that I also um, I was very um, every night for about three or four months I listened before I went to bed I listened to a headset and it it was and there's a lot of them out there but just these things that say I am worth it I am you know good enough I am and so I encourage people to not only listen to those, but to record themselves as well. Oh, cool. And so you can listen to your own voice. It can be 30 seconds. You just put it on your phone. It could be five minutes, whatever that may be. But then you're listening to your own self. And it could be how you feel about yourself, places you want to be. Once we start to, to visualize and we hear and we bring something to life, that's the direction that our brain starts to head. So we want to pump ourselves full of just positive thoughts and energies. And so I encourage people not only to to just listen to positive messages, but also to record yourself and listen to those.
1: Those are fantastic ideas. I actually, with my run coaching clients, have them use a journal not to look at the negative things they say to themselves, although I do have them record those types of things too. But one of my favorite parts about using the journal for runners is that it can be like your highlight reel. So you go through the whole training process, you're training for your marathon, you're writing in your journal every day. And then when you get up to race day and you're all anxious and, oh my gosh, I didn't do enough training and you're all nervous about it, you can flip back through it and be like, oh my gosh, look at all these fabulous things I've accomplished over the last six months of training. I love it. That's I like to use it that way also. Yeah,
0: I love that. That's excellent.
1: So I have one more question for you, but before we get to that, I want you to tell everybody how do they find you and what kinds of books and courses and just give us all the details.
0: Okay. It's real simple. I've been blessed with, I think I'm the one and only Jen Sugarmeyer. So as long as you spell that right, uh, sugar is with an E, but the name is Jen Sugarmeyer. So you can go to jensugarmeyer.com. Um, and I'm on Instagram, Facebook, I'm on most of the social medias, but as long as you spell S-U-G-E-R-M-E-Y-E-R, you will find me. Um, I do have a couple of books out there. You can find them on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, most of the online, um, uh, paperback. I mentioned Audible as well as ebook. Um, let's see. So I do offer one-on-one coaching, and for anyone that's listening to this podcast, I'm happy to give a, a 10% discount if you mention that you heard me on uh, speak with Kim Peek. And um, and then let's see, we've got an online program that's going to be starting here probably by the beginning of the year. I'm working on that so people can w- work through independently. Um, and a podcast, hopefully by the beginning of 2021, will be coming. So I've, awesome. I've, I'm have i just kind of finalizing all of that. So a lot of good things to come. Uh, and then the next book is already um, in the works. So lots of good things. But jensugarmire.com, that's where you'll find it all.
1: And of course, I always put all of that in the show notes so they can find it there too. So my last question I ask at the end of every podcast is, Power Up Your Performance is all about learning how to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. What are three traits that you believe all champions possess?
0: I love this structure. So I do believe um, putting structure in your life, um, that that will help make you a champion. Living with intention and being, um, and waking up, thinking about what it is that you want to accomplish. Thinking through when you're, Um, you know, moving about your day-to-day, doing it with intent, and self-reflection. I think self-reflection is, I had a CEO ask me, he said, what is one of the the things that has made you the most successful? And I said, self-reflection. And it's not being afraid to just get in the quiet with yourself and really having those hard conversations. And sometimes it's, why am I not feeling at my best? And just having that conversation, you don't have to have it with other people. So I would say three things. It's putting structure in your life, um, living with intent, and self-reflecting often.
1: I love that. I love that whenever I ask this question, it almost always ties back to the basic principles that whatever the person I've talked to believes or what we've been talking about. And then also that when you hear them, you're like, yeah, I can totally see everybody I know who I Look up to who I, you know, you would want to aspire to be, whose life you think, yeah, they have it all together. I mean, th- you can see that those are things that that person does. So that's always a fun question for me. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great to talk to you. Yes, I love this. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, so much greatness from Jen there in that interview. I'd love to know what you're going to try first. What was the number one action step that you made a mental note of? Send me an email at coachkim at and let me know. I loved her concept of dating yourself, getting to know yourself and treating yourself the way you treat someone that you're dating. A few other gems from our conversation with Jen. Learn to love yourself. She told us about her book, Reset, and what that stands for: recognize, eliminate, structure, elevate, and reform. And within that, she shared that we should recognize the things in our lives that are toxic or that are holding us down. We should set boundaries, live in gratitude, and be present. She talked about boundaries and made a great comparison to the bumpers on a bowling lane and she reminded us to focus on the things that are within our control. And we're going to talk a lot more about focusing on things that are within your control because that's not just a tip for dealing with covid It's not just a tip for when you're struggling in a relationship or when you're dissatisfied with your life. If you can learn to focus on the things you can control, the things you can change, rather than dwelling on all of the things that are out of your control, you're going to find more happiness and you're also going to be more successful in achieving your health and wellness goals. Have a fabulous week, everyone, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.